Mr. Barry Coleman on another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. I got a very, very, very special guest with me today. But before I get to my guest, I would love to do the quote of today. All right. We got one from Naomi Campbell. She said, look, you have to make mistakes. That's how you learn. And that's how the world works. Hey, we're going to read it again for the folks in the back of church sleep. Look, you have to make mistakes. That's how you learn. And that's how the world works. Hey, that's some real life uh, reality stuff. A lot of people like to portray themselves in a perfect image, but that that's not how the world works. Uh, human beings are naturally flawed. And uh, whoever listening to this right now, hey, have some grace and patience with yourself. All right. So, hey, we done with the quote. Now we're going to move on to our special guest. I got Miss Leah Sumner. 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 Mm-hmm. Sumner. Hey, but. Everybody that know me, they know I mess up a good name, but uh, it's all right. Miss Leah Sumners, how you doing today, Miss Leah? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me to the Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. I'm glad to be here. All right, all right. So uh, I want you to tell everybody, you know, where you're from. So originally, I'm from Orlando, Florida, and then Virginia as well. Um, that's where I completed like all my grade school in Virginia. Um, and now I'm here in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Okay. You into football? Um, I know what football is and what how to play it. Okay. I don't have a okay. favorite team. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, uh, I I always uh, in picture myself moving to Orlando and have my kids go to Dr. Phillips uh, High School. Oh, excuse uh, me. Okay. You know about yeah. that. Okay. Right. So uh, tell me a good spot to live in Orlando. My grandma lived in Pine Hills. I don't know if you ever heard of that area. It's not the best area, but I lived over near Apopka, basically like um, it was over there about like um, Hiawassee. So kind of like West Orlando, like West Orange County area. But Metro West is a good area to live. It's a little expensive, but that's like a little bit better area to live. And you're like right down to um, Universal and Dr. Phillips is right there um, in the Metro West area. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, then. So uh, tell everybody what, what got you into nursing. Um, well, actually, well, like I said, my mom, we moved all the way up to Virginia. And so my grandma, grandparents lived in Orlando. So every summer we would have to go to Florida, no matter what. Like she's like, all right, it's summertime. You have to go. So we would go. And then when I was in sixth grade, my grandma got bilateral knee surgery replacement. And so I would take care of her. I would help schedule her medicines. Home health care would come by. And I would just get so interested. I'm like, like, what are they doing? Like, and how they were getting prepared to, you know, help her recover. And I would help her to the bathroom. You know, mobility is like a big thing with knee surgery, especially bilateral knee replacement. So it was just so amazing. So I really, that really like started my interest into nursing. Okay. All right, then. Uh, did they have any programs at your high school that that uh, interest you in uh into nursing besides um, you know your experience in uh with your grandma? 
No, I mean, they did, but I did not involve myself in those programs. I did other programs at the time, although I was always interested in nursing. I know I wanted to be in healthcare somewhere, but there was a doctor or a nurse. Um, but I just said, oh, I can wait for that. I can wait till college for that. So that's what gotcha. I did. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. So tell everybody what uh, college you went to. I went to a couple. So I have a very untraditional college career. I think I spent almost like 10 years, eight to 10 years trying to get my nursing degree. Yeah. So it's, it's very non-traditional. So I started at one university, North Carolina A&C State University. I began there. Um, I did not make it. It was kind of like I failed a class basically um, by like three points. You had to get a 80 or above to stay in the program there. And then, yeah, I couldn't retake the class all this great stuff. They were losing accreditation. So fortunately, I couldn't take the class at the moment. Um, so then I just, I left the school because, um, you know, I was just like, what else, What should I do? Like, what do you do at that point? I was already in nursing school. So I went ahead and applied to another school in Virginia, BCU. I um, went there, applied to their nursing school, did not get in. So I decided just to move forward and get a health and science degree. And so I graduated with that. And then I applied to some other nursing schools, wasn't getting in. They didn't like the fact that I began a nursing program and did not finish a nursing program. That was very looked down upon. They were like, no, <laughs> no, ma'am, what's wrong with you? I was like, well, there, it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I was like, whatever. So I kept applying, applying, applying. Finally, I got into a school, um, GW Accelerated Nursing Program. I was going there for about a month. And then I could not afford it anymore. It was so expensive. It was my second BSN. As you know, it took me like maybe about five years to get my first bachelor's degree. So that took all the loan money I possibly could have had for a bachelor's, basically. And so I stopped that school. And then that's the same year the pandemic started. So it was kind of perfect timing because imagine trying to do clinicals during a pandemic. And I know we have some great nurses who did that and went through that, but that would have been crazy. So I'm glad I didn't have to experience that exactly. And then um, so I started working for a little bit. I was a CNA and a med tech, medication technician. And then I was also working in the hospital as a clinical technician. And then eventually I kept looking around, kept looking around, and I decided to apply to Johns Hopkins one of my high school friends was like, girl, just apply, just apply. I was like, no, I'm too nervous. I've got denied from other schools that are not as top tier. But I'm like, no, they're not going to let me in. Blah, 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 blah. So I applied and I got in. And so January 2021 is when I started the accelerated master's entry to nursing program at John Hopkins. And I finished in August 2022 and I received my master's in nursing. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, due to our quote today, you know, Naon Campbell kind of spoke upon, um, you know, uh, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. You know, to that person that has um, failed nursing school, what's some words, some encouraging words you would give them? I would say keep going. If it's for you, you should keep going. Um, there's people who've told me, no, you can't even be in a nursing program. And I went back in <laughs> and I got into that exact program and I was sitting in their class like, OK, I'm in your class. And then it was 
Other people who told me, oh, no, you need to go retake this class, retake this class. They're never going to let you into GW. And I did not retake a class and I got in. I'm like, okay, what's up? Like, and people will keep telling you, keep telling you, like, no, you can't do it. And then at the last, the last nursing school I went to, so it's three, which is a lot. But the last nursing school, I let other people get in my head so much. It was me that was telling myself that I couldn't make it, right? Like, oh, no, I can't. Why would they... Like, they're going to look at my background and be like, what the heck? The transcript, like, why is there missing parts? Why things are not connecting? Why it took her so long to get one degree? Like, but, you know, you just have to move on phase. I'm really big on that. And what's for you will be. So keep moving. One no is not the end. I got you. Hey, I'm glad you shared that because, uh, Brother Coleman, I didn't fail nursing school, but it took me about eight years to get my uh, bachelor's degree. So I know all about, you know, uh, struggling. Mm-hmm. That, that piece of paper, as they say in the black community. Okay. Man, you know why folks make it such a big deal? I don't know what environment you grew up in, but mm-hmm. in Alabama, oh man, especially in my family, well, you know, it's some uh, people that have bachelor degrees. They like, oh, you got to get your education, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling the whole time, and boy, it felt like Brother Coleman wouldn't get that much uh, support. Mm-hmm. So, once I got it, I was like, damn, this is this is what I work hard for. Hey, <laughs> yeah, some days you like. Yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm, I mean it's it cool. yelled it's cool. It's, no, it could be worse. <laughs> it could it could but, be worse. Yeah. But I'm like, man, I feel like y'all kind of overhyped this motherfucker. Like, you know, like I thought I thought I was getting the whole world, but I still gotta work. But yes, uh, yes, yes, uh, you know, I would like for you to illustrate, you know, the difference of your your experience at John Hopkins nursing school in comparison to the other ones that you went to? I think Johns Hopkins, it was different in terms of now after the pandemic, they have a lot more resources. You know, before the pandemic, it was like you come to class, you miss the class, you miss the class. Okay, read the books, read the pages, do the work. But now I think what the pandemic has created is more um, technology, opportunities for technology. So for instance, we will have recordings of the class. We have transcripts of the class. We will have in-person classes. We will have recordings. It's just all types of things that we had that I felt like we I didn't have a lot of those resources. I feel like it was more of a pandemic thing for me. I think after they're like, okay, what can we do to help these people, you know, really pass? And some of my other nursing schools didn't have tutors for specific areas of nursing or whatever class we were in. But this Hopkins, they had tutoring and things like that. And they tried, Hopkins tried to, their best to go ahead and involve the community and like their history into nursing because that's a big thing. I don't know if you know about Baltimore's history with Hopkins and all that good stuff. So yeah, they tried to involve that. And I thought that was a good idea. Yes, there's always room for improvement, but um, I thought that was great. And yeah, I think for the most part, I felt supported. Yeah. All right, I'm glad you uh, illustrated that so lovely. I would like for you to dive in to the relationship of uh, John Hopkins and the city of Baltimore. I kind of got a, kind of got a feel for, but you know, on here I have people from you know internationally that listen in, and um, please, okay, uh, okay. you know, highlight the uh, relationship. So, <laughs> and this is going to be a rough. <laughs> A rough history. It's, it's not going to be a exact dates and all that good stuff. Right. But um, basically, Hopkins, um, John Hopkins, he was like a 
philanthropist or something like that. Um, he got a whole bunch of money and built Hopkins. He had to knock some neighborhoods down, which started like a riff already with the community with Baltimore because he tore down people's houses and people, their stories that Baltimoreans would tell you where they had to walk all the way around Hopkins just to get to their school when they used to go walk directly to their high school. And so that caused like an issue. Um, and then I don't know if you know about Henrietta Lacks. Um, she was a lady, she had got cancer and they used her cells without her permission, basically. And they, they sold her cells or the information they got from her cells. And it, she did succumb to her cancer. However, they never really paid the family. They never gave anything back to the family. And they never really told anyone that they were using her sales. They just saw that her sales multiplied so quickly. And it was some type of new science. And they just used them and didn't really care about anything, any consent or anything. And so that was a, a very big issue. And it's still, I think they're still going to court. Her family is still in the process of trying to get reparations from all the money and the research, research that they've gotten from their mom. And there's also a movie out too, which is, it was a very good movie. I think it's, you know, somewhere online, you can see it. But yeah, that was, it was just very interesting, especially in the, it was um some type of uterine cancer, I want to say. And so that also has a big conversation around Black women and OBGYN and their care from way back when, right? So um, this is just one of the highlighted stories. Um, there's so many more. And so, yeah, and there's stories similar to VCU where um, there's, they say they snatch people off the street. You still will hear that to this day. Um, Baltimoreans sometimes they're like, I don't, I don't like to go to Hopkins. They snatch people off the street. They don't listen. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like that's, like that's the history. That's just straight history of what Baltimoreans are saying. So it's not a the best relationship within the hospital and the community, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So uh we're gonna transition a little bit. Um, while you was in nursing school, did you know what type of nurse you wanted to be? I knew I wanted to be either a labor delivery nurse or a um some type of pediatric or NICU nurse, one of those. So it was like women's and children for me. I I love my old peeps. I've worked with them for so long and I felt like I had enough of them in my assistant living days. So I was like, yeah, let's do some labor and delivery. Usually they're there for a reason. We know why they're there. They had to have a baby. You had a baby. Make sure you're not bleeding. Send you home with your baby. That's, you know, that's kind of what I envisioned labor and delivery to be. So that's why I kind of liked it. So I was interested in it and I, yeah. Went ahead and went with that. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I know how difficult it, it is for a uh, minority to be in a special. You know, I would like for you to recap, uh, not really your first day, but now, you know, your first year of working in L&D. Okay. So I'm a newbie. Some people like to call us babies, but I'm not a baby. I'm not a nurse baby. Um <laughs> Um, I am this, this is my sixth month in nursing okay. <laughs> period um, as a new grad. And so, yes, you want to know how it is to be a minority in a specialty? Correct. Especially <laughs> L&D. I would love for you just stay on the surface. You ain't got to go too deep. It's hard. I've been in a lot of different schoolings. Some classrooms I've been, everybody is 
of color like me. And then I've been in classrooms where I'm the only one of color. So I've experienced a lot of different brooms in my life. And um, unfortunately, it is kind of hard to see most of the people, especially higher up people who don't look like you. And not in terms of that we need to have someone there to look like us, but it's just in terms of kind of knowing the struggle, maybe or maybe not, and having that support sometimes. Sometimes I think sometimes I don't even notice what's going on. Like if I'm the only person of color there, I notice that as a new grad, I don't know if it's because I'm a new grad or if I'm, I'm a person of color, right? Some of the knowledge deficits, I don't know because I haven't been there for a while. So I'm still learning and stuff like that. Sometimes I, it's hard because sometimes people don't understand the, the culture and stuff like that. And so most of our patients are of color and most of the nurses are not. And so it's, Sometimes people get in the room and they're like, oh, my God, you're my nurse. I'm so excited. I'm like, OK, so it puts the it literally puts pressure on you. You're like, OK, yes, like we know all the history and more recently how they're opening up more about how black women are not treated well in terms of pain. They are not listened to when they're saying they're in pain from these um, incisions, from C-sections, from vaginal births, all of that good stuff and how they're like bleeding out. And no one's really doing and no one's really caring. So if you see someone walk in the room that looks like you, who did the education just like the next person, but who may understand a little bit more about your culture and all that good stuff, then I think it it puts that kind of like a little bit more of a little bit of pressure on me. It's like, okay, you're my nurse, but now you, I, I'm going to be watching you. You're going to be helping me. You're going to give me the best care I know you can give, right? Because you're like me, right? So it's like, okay. So that's sometimes a struggle. Um, so it's hard sometimes. I try not to look at it. And nursing is so busy. I work at a high risk unit. So it's it's so busy. Sometimes I can't even focus on that. But sometimes I do look back like in the OR. I'm like, dang, like <laughs> no one's here. No one's really here. And so, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I know whenever I, um, I go and see a patient and... um. I work at two different locations mm-hmm. and I see some uh black fellow or black woman, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they get excited. The same yeah. excitement that you see, I see the same thing. And uh, I think uh, it's a it's a such thing as uh racial disparities, um, and things like that. It just um uh, they say do the research, when someone looks like you, they tend to care about you a little bit more. Yeah, things they, they tend to go that extra mile. It may be true, may not, but that's what the research says. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, whenever you go into a room and you see that, you know, hey, if you got to make that phone call and with all your patients, and I think, um, I think what you got going on is, um, you you're a new nurse, so since you're a new nurse, things going to you had you having that learning curve, mm-hmm. and because you having that learning curve, you know, uh, once the game starts slowing down. You're gonna really enjoy your job a lot more. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. so hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh fast forward this uh little interview or whatever. Give some advice to those that's um listening in and they thinking about becoming a nurse. I would say do your research on nursing, figure out your why. What's your real why of why you want to become a nurse? Is it because of money? Because it looks glamorous? Is it because we only work 36 hours a week? Or is it because you have a passion, you have a passion, you can advocate, you can listen, or you can learn how to advocate, or you can learn how to do things. Nursing is not something you need to come to the table with skills. You can learn skills, 
But what is your why? What is your passion? Because at the end of the day, how many dollars, how much money is in your pocket is not going to cut it for nursing. It is not. Some days you're going to come home crying, male and female, everyone. You may come home crying. It's it's hard. You may see some things that you were not expecting that they don't even talk to you in nursing school. So you have to have, you know, you got to be tough, but you also got to know, self-reflect on yourself, basically, and know what you can take and what you can't take and why you want this. Gotcha. All right, then. So uh, we're going to try to go ahead and wrap this up a little, little early today. At the end of the interview, I love to ask like some rapid fire questions. So okay. uh, when you're riding around, you riding the road, what, who you like to listen to? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, I listen to everybody. Um, okay. So I like Tim's. I like my old school Shanti. Um, sometimes I need to get a little, a little ratchet before work, so a little Megan, just to get my spirits up, because it's about to be a long 12 hours. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I, I honestly listen to my devotional. I do Bible devotionals in the mornings most of the time. So I, as I'm riding to work, I'll listen to that just to get that out the way. And then I'll turn on a little crump music, just, to, just so I can, a little bit of both, right? No one's perfect. And right. so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Since you said something about your devotional, you got to give me a scripture. Any scripture? Any scripture that, that stands out to you since you, you listen to uh, devotional? I really love, I like Jeremiah 29, 11, but um, I really love Philippians 4, 6. It's the one about be anxious for nothing, but with, with everything, prayer and supplication, make your um, words be known, something like that. That was a real rough summary, but yes. <laughs> Basically, you know, don't be anxious in nothing and give it all to God, really, because in this life, things are going to happen and you got to learn how to cope with them. You can't run from everything. So I like that one. Okay. Okay. So uh, when you're out for work, what are some uh, activities that you like to do? I'm a big cook girl. I really like to cook. Um, I like to try new recipes when I have time and when I look them up. So, yeah, I really love cooking. And then on top of that, just going out, eating restaurants. I like to travel when I have time, when I have enough days off in a row. So, yeah, recently I traveled to Richmond, tried a new restaurant. So, yeah, whenever I have time. <laughs> okay, okay. I know a, a few. I have had a, a few uh, guests that's from Baltimore, like Casey okay. Green. Um, man, okay. I remember the other lady. Um, I know her Instagram name, like Ellie. I can't think of her first name right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But uh, I have interviewed quite a few from Baltimore and DMV area. So it's a lot of them on there. I might have to get you in touch with them. Yeah. But yeah, if you pay attention to my little page, um, I know to shout them out or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yes, uh, that, that area is rich with um with nurses. And yes, it's so many hospitals, yes. Right. Every corner, <laughs> every corner is a little hospital. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, name one thing you would tell your younger self. I would tell my younger self, go after it. What you want, go after it. It doesn't matter who says what or what the crowd is doing. Go get it. You can rest later. Gotcha. All right. Name one nurse that you would say she'll be on my show. And if you name them, you got to help me get them. I know when she's a critical care cardiac nurse, she's also a new grad like me, similar to me. I'll give you her contact, her Instagram, and then, yeah, you can see 
if she's able to, she's really good. Very smart girl. Chef's kiss. So yes, I will give you, I'll send you her information on Instagram. Okay. No problem. No problem. All right then. So, um, would you like to shout out anybody that helped you along your nursing career or your nursing journey? Uh, I'll bet yet why you was uh, struggling going from it took you eight to 10 years to get your bachelor's degree. Is there anybody you would like to shout out right now? I would say all of my family, they really supported me no matter what. After failure, after then when they really do it, they're like, okay, we still waiting. We still waiting. Um, to all my family, um, of course, my friends and a lot of my nursing school friends, they really helped. We supported each other. We cried on each other's shoulder. Like, we really, really used each other, especially like us of color. So I really enjoyed it. And yeah, shout out to the one above. You really got me here. So <laughs> definitely. That's good. That's good. Hey, Miss Leah, it's been a great uh, interview. To everyone that's tuning in, I want you to share this episode with your friends and family. Hey, you've been locked into another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game podcast.